hear me yeah you can i just can't hear myself um which is interesting it's not like i really need to hear myself there we go but i'd like to know what uh you're hearing so today is monday uh 11 30 this week is gonna be bananas super bananas uh and it started already with the arizona hearing now, I'm going to give you a bit more than what the media is giving you, um, but without compromising anything that's going all out. Now, Rudy Giuliani is just incredible into what he's setting out in Arizona at the moment. And we'll get into that as well, where I can actually show you what he is talking about and uh, give you my little uh, spiel on it. Uh before I continue, I just wanted to say one thing that is important in, well, OPSEC, for those of you that have uh, served or worked in any capacity with uh, the government, you know that the issues of OPSEC is not so much being made or 
finding information, but it's um, methods and capabilities, right? So for me right now, it's kind of, uh, you know, pulling down my pants in regards to capabilities. And that's because I'm finding that there are a lot more people out to overthrow our government uh, than there are trying to ensure that it is in our hands. And um, that is why I say while in D.C., I felt like I was in a terrorist nation because uh, <laughs> it's my capital. Yet what I observed was people that work with the agency and other agencies um, trying to, well, they've already infiltrated but uh, trying to keep and compartmentalize information uh, so that way it is not acted upon. Now, obviously, um, Patrick Berge is a little bit bolder than me only because uh, he had less degrees of separation, which makes him incredible to partner with because the information he has coupled with the information I have that complements and pre-exists and for-exists uh, is uh, pretty damning to the fourth unelected branch of government. So I thought I'd start you off with that tone so you understand just how important it is, you know, how the Bergie bit and the tour, so the bit tour, uh, get together and get some stuff done. I can tell you that there are amazing people uh, working. Yet those amazing people are also infiltrated in their groups, which is uh, important. Also, a lot of basis is being given to those that have been thumped as IIAs uh, in the public. And that is uh, extremely concerning. But like I said, uh, clowns usually uh, pull their own pants down. So uh, I have faith in humans and I have faith in humanity and, you know, not on my watch. I'd rather burn at the stake than anything else. So um, I wanted to show you guys something. So I did share with my personal chat that while I was in some specific location in Washington, D.C., well, where I was staying in a specific location there, my uh, computer was actually uh, hacked. Now, let me explain to you how that works. Uh I didn't have a laptop uh, that I would take with me. Uh, that's a fact. Uh, I don't do that. In fact, I use burner laptops. And this is where, you know, you have your savings for Christmas, right? That's what I did. And I took out out of my savings for Christmas and purchased a laptop um, at Best Buy. And so I got that laptop. I got all the insurances, the whole nine yards. I even got myself a little honeypot Bluetooth, uh, which is, I didn't need a mouse, but I got a mouse that has, um, you know, a little Bluetooth dongle that attracts people to come in. It's just an open port, kind of like freaking the Kyocera printer that I'll show you in, in Georgia. So what I did was I purchased this computer purposely uh, for the purposes of being a burner computer, meaning I'd use it while I was there and then return it uh, because then I'd just go to Best Buy and return it and they'd give me my money back, right? Um, that's usually how I operate. There's no way I would take my stuff, uh, you know, 
travel around with it. Um, cause usually most of my stuff isn't even in my position. It's somewhere on the cloud. Well, the funny thing is, is that, um, you know, after running some triage, some amazing genius that, man, like if I could be married to someone's brain, I'd totally be married to that brain. Um, you know, gave me, um, the spiel that Akamai, the originator of who superimposed another profile in my Windows computer and looking around uh, my computer as if I would have some specific image server on it. Come on, I just bought the computer. I had seven different entities hanging out in my computer, just so you guys understand. So, you know, they were just looking at my shit, basically. Um, and this is where it came from. Now, Akamai is very interesting, and we'll talk about that today. Uh, so the day that my computer was so hacked that people that were with me could actually see someone moving along the screens and opening things, um, same day as I left to go get it triaged, my room was tossed at the hotel, um, and they did grab one of my honeypots. Uh, I actually had a, an SD card that was very similar to the ones that I sent off to the DOJ hiding in my makeup bag. And it's as if they knew where to look. It was blank. So <laughs> jokes on you, but they did toss the room and it was a little bit scary. Um, because Phoebe actually walked in on someone going through bags. So it was pretty interesting. And it turns out that, um, since we were all staying at the same place uh, prior to going to my room, someone may have entered Patrick Berge's room too. So it was, it was something, let me tell you when I'm going to be able to speak to this more openly, I'm just saying it is so hilarious because there were some things that you just can't make up and you're going to say, this is scary. It is, but it was also funny for those of us that have been in those trenches before I found it, quite humorous too um, because I honeypotted them with my Bluetooth. I'm just surprised as to how they found that little SD. I had it in a bag of makeup. Actually, I was going to use it because it was a blank card, you know, to kind of like load things on documents or whatever I would, you know, uh, do. So it was pretty, it was, um, it was interesting how they found that, you know, money was left there. Nothing was stolen. And, you know, we already know who it is. I filed um, a police report with DC Metro. Um, and that's about it. How did they say it? Unlawful entry. It was registered. No one fingerprinted anything. Everyone was like, yeah, there's nothing there. And apparently the cameras weren't working and they didn't get anyone. So that was like, yeah, so, okay. Um so I just wanted to tell you guys uh, from what point of privilege I'm coming from uh, when I'm speaking to some of these things, because uh, apparently all I can do is Google, but people did try to take my shit. So um, this tweet that you see is pretty much telling the company Akamai located in Germany that's actually Chinese because they purchased Unicom. Stop looking at my shit in both languages so that I'm sure that whoever reads it can understand it. Uh, so um, that's that. I also wanted to show you guys something on um, Georgia. I'm trying to find this. Um, where is it? Polly made a very good um, statement there. That was interesting. So, all right. 
Here we go. So yesterday I was kind of toying around um, trying to map out uh, where things go. Uh, This is showing capabilities, which I can't stand, but I feel like everything's so stagnant right now. As you can see, um, I was just mapping it out. There's a Taiwanese site, too, that's linked, which was really weird because it had a lot of open ports, and I still haven't figured it out. And I want you to understand that the site that was on it, okay, get this. It talks about the queue of a crystal and how the queue is the quality of a crystal. I kid you not, that was like the front thing that I was seeing. So that was super bizarre. And it's red um, on that screenshot here, this Taiwanese site uh, that was linked to a lot of our government sites, which was really weird. But what I wanted to point out is, and a lot of people were like, oh, they have firewalls and passwords. Well, let me tell you something. You see this printer? Kind of like the way they entered my computer from the Bluetooth dongle. Software, so when you have a printer or a modem or uh, a Bluetooth keyboard or mouse, there's firmware, right? There's uh, software that goes on these things. And these are uh, cost, these are what someone would call cuts. They're like fresh off, you know, the shelf in, you know, things that you could buy and they're bulk and they're simple. Um, that is one of the biggest uh, issues that we have as uh, a nation in regards to security. Uh, because, uh, for example, a lot of things that we use um, have, um, how, how you say, um, parts, parts that are commercial and off the shelf. And uh, those themselves have their own software updates. Now, if you remember, President Trump uh, had uh, complained about Huawei and all their activities and how uh, their software uh, pretty much can uh, penetrate um, their software is spying on us. Do you guys remember that when he said, oh, their software spies on Americans, right? And he didn't want to use it. Well, it's kind of like this. So, so the this uh, copy star printer that uh, Georgia has would have been really easy for me to access uh, because uh, the firmware and software updates that are available, uh, they're pretty much publicly available. So regardless of whatever firewall you put, um, if it is open on the front end for access um, and I can see it, uh, then I can probably get in. And this is, again, referring back to how President Trump was saying the Huawei phones are spying on us. The, Cis- the Cisco routers are spying on us. Why? These parts are being made overseas in China, Taiwan, India, Turkey, Europe, right? So what happens is, is that those little parts that go into the phone have their own software firmware updates. To make it a little bit clearer so you understand national security, um, remember the show that I did of how Turkey was buying the S-400s from uh, Russia, but yet they still wanted to play with our F-35s. And I was like, yeah, that's not going to happen. Why did I say this? Because when you have an S-400 um, surface-to-air missile system, uh, basically you're going to have to get updates on that software, right? 
And that means Russia is going to be hanging out with you. And if you have access to F-35 tech, then that means that you're sharing information, regardless of how many firewalls you put up, uh, in respects to the F-35, because apparently you're uh, friends with the United States and Europe, and you're part of NATO, and you're privy to F-35, so you're going to want to turn that shit off so you don't shoot down friendly airplanes. So that would give Russia access to it. You see what I'm trying to say? So um, that's basically it. This is the same premise. You can't have, you know, a router in a freaking election machine that's made with Chinese fucking tech and expect that the firmware and software for that router is not compromised and giving a backdoor to anything. This is what sucks. So this was just an example of the fuckery that's going on. And excuse my French, I'm actually quite um, irate with the whole situation is, uh, you know, Rudy Giuliani is doing a great job, but fuck the state legislators. We should just pull out the Insurrection Act because everyone was in on it. This caught software is freaking Chinese giving backdoor to anything. So excuse my French. So Amazing Polly even said it undermines the West. This is correct. Because if people understand just how, you know, what a big deal that is, the backdoor access to many nations, that's a that's huge. Now, here's another tweet that I put out. This one's to light fires, I guess. But here in Georgia, oh, it's this, um, in Pennsylvania, my apologies. I was pulling up live, uh, PennsylvaniaPA.gov. And every time I would put it in, a new um, image would show. And for some reason, the PA.gov server was showing me that there was a Google Pixel phone. Actually, it said Google phone, like in the other, um, you know, page, um, well, five versions. So it's the Google Pixel 5 actually had port of access into PA.gov. Now, could it be a Google Pixel phone? Yes. But when I ran it again, it was something Cisco. When I ran it again, it was uh, some Linux uh, port. When I ran it again, it was something else. So what that tells me is, is that these states are actually using misattribution. Misattribution is the way our enemies would obfuscate uh, what kind of computers or technology they were using to communicate. And this is where scorecard came in, just so you understand. Uh, but uh, they were so like, for example, if I was messaging uh, people and I was a terrorist and I was using a computer, I could make it look like I was using a Mac, uh, oh, you know, a Mac OS when in actual fact I was using Windows 95. Um, so I would be masking myself and pretending I have another platform when it indeed is another. Now, states are not allowed to use misattribution. It is actually a crime. Bergy rattled off like two of them and he he rattled them off and I didn't write them down. But there's two of them because remember, he's the king of misattribution and non-attribution. Uh, so, you know, if anyone knows that, it's Patrick. So here is you know, this evidence. So as you can see, I was trying to see where they were bouncing off of uh, in regards to their servers. And you can see that Hurricane Electric is key here. Hurricane Electric houses a lot of um, our government.gov state sites. Uh, so that's pretty interesting. Um, 
<clears throat> in addition, let me just see here. I had something else I wanted to share. I don't know if I tweeted out. I think I didn't. I saved it. Um, oh, um, no, I, I didn't tweet out anything else. I'm just being a little wary as to what, who, and how. Um, but I can tell you, um, you know, there are a lot of things happening. This week is freaking insane. I'm going to say that with like, yeah, full knowledge, I guess. Um, let me see if I can share this with you. I want to talk Wisconsin because uh, everyone's talking Wisconsin, but give me a second. I'm looking for the right one so you can see what I've been um doing today. Give me a second. Let me see if this is it. Um, no, don't want to put out any private identifying information. All right, here it is. That's it. All right. So everyone's talking about, um, Wisconsin. Um, it's important that we, See what I have. So you remember um, how, let me just, give me a sec. All right. I just want to change the name file so nobody sees it. All right. Let's um, get to this. Let me share that screen with you so you could see it. Give me a sec. All right, guys. So Wisconsin. As we know, there were a lot of weird votes. We know, let me remove this um, caption here so you can see it. So that way the people understand what, who, what, when, where. And um, you understand what, like the level of, as the title says, fuckery going on. Um, let's see, can I zoom in like this? No, I cannot. Um all right, so I've hidden like personal identifying information, but remember Brown County and Kenosha were still voting. Um, let me no zoom out. Okay, so as you can see, these are the absentee ballots. So these were all ballots that were requested and sent back. Um, someone actually returned a ballot but voted in person. We have a voter spoiled voter voted in person. Um, it tells you why they had the absentee ballot. Someone requested it, returned to be rejected by mail. But then we had all these other people. Here's where the key is. When do we have election, you guys? 11-3. Well, then why the fuck are these people applying for mail-in ballots after the election? This is the date they applied. We have their names and addresses, by the way. So the question is, are these people alive dead. I'm going to be working on that um, later on today. Uh, you know, scour through whatever databases I can, but that should alarm everyone, right? Uh, that we have such fuckery going on, right? It's pretty insane, isn't it? So um, I didn't want to uh, show more than that. I just thought that was quite interesting to see. Now I'm going to tell you what the solution will be, but I want you guys uh, to kind of understand the level of just insanity. And this is from listening to Giuliani. So I'm just going to hop onto his feed now with a couple minutes delay. 
so we can hear what he has to say uh, in regards to Arizona. Uh, while I was down in in a certain location, I met <laughs> I met with people uh, that were whistleblowers from Arizona, and the things that uh, they revealed were pr- pretty incredible. Um, but expected because you know I come from a point of knowledge that you know, would piss off every American um, when confronted with that information. So let's take a listen to our Rudy Giuliani now in Arizona trying to convince the state legislature that there are issues. And here's the concern that I have is that the state legislature um, is what's going to hang us, uh, personally speaking. Uh, They are the ones that are going to hang us at some point. Take a listen. Street going back to the Smartmatic company that actually was formed for the purpose of fixing elections. I don't know if this, I don't know who makes the choice in your state of who should be counting your votes, but I know that person either is exceedingly naive or much worse. If this, if this wasn't known to the person making the choice, then you got to change your whole system. Finally, you don't have to wait to change your system. We don't have to endure a phony election and the biggest voter fraud in our history and end up with a tainted election and go down in history as a country that didn't have the courage to deal with it, go down as the first group of Americans that didn't have the courage to stand up when their freedoms were being taken away. We'd be the first. When I, when I see some of these leaders power at the idea of of doing what the Constitution gives them the power to do, I become very discouraged about can we really stand up to this invasion on our, what's been really an invasion on our freedom of religion, our freedom of speech, and now our, 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 our right to a fair and honest count, that's all we want. I mean, the one thing you will come away with here is the vote as it presently exists is false. It's fraudulent. If they certify it, they are certifying a false statement to the United States of America. Gosh, when I was a prosecutor, that was a federal crime. False statement to the United States in probably the most important matter we have, the selection of our commander-in-chief. I mean, I, I can tell you where the false statements and where the numbers end up. But that doesn't even matter. It is clear that the numbers are false. It's clear that you are you have included ballots that weren't properly inspected. It's clear that you're including ballots that were voted by other people. It's clear that you're using machines that have been shown to be totally manipulated in other places, and you won't give us the opportunity to examine those machines. I think anybody who, who, who puts their name on that it's getting very close to committing a crime. And I think anyone who stands by and lets it happen, maybe they're not committing a crime, but they've lost the sense of what it means that we have to fight to protect our values and our rights. Because there are always people, both externally and internally, who want to take them away. And I'm going to ask you to fight. And I'm going to ask you to try to implore the other members of your legislature to stand up to this. Do not be bullied. Do not be frightened. Your political career is worth losing 
if you can save the right to vote in America. In fact, I may get you a... In fact, I can get you a chapter in Profiles in Courage if you do that. Because at times in our history, certain men and women have stepped forward and lost their political career to give us the rights that we have. It's very, very, very similar to losing your life on the battlefield. But that's really what's required right now. Under the Constitution, and we are going to give all of you the memorandum from Professor Eastman, very short and very direct, and you can just go to the third page. It makes it very clear that under Article 2, Section 1, Clause 2, of the document that guides us, we're not guided by your governor. We're not guided by your Secretary of State. We're not guided by Joe Biden. We're not guided by the New York Times. And we're not guided by all those stations that call the election. You know, we're guided by the Constitution of the United States. The Constitution of the United States says that you, the legislature of Arizona, have the plenary power to regulate the selection of electors in a presidential election. The Supreme Court, in the case that you will see cited there in McPherson, has already answered the question that many ignorant talking heads who really shouldn't be representing anyone because they're incompetent, on television they say, well, you, 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 can't, uh, you can't change it retrospectively. You can only change it prospectively. Now, I doubt whether they know the difference between retrospectively and prospectively, but I don't want to be mean. Ha. The United States Supreme Court, I think it's in 1892, said, you can change it at any time. It's your constitutional power solely. You don't share it with anybody. That clause doesn't say Congress. It doesn't say governor. It doesn't say newspapers. It says the state legislature. The Supreme Court has said you can change that and take that power back anytime you want to because it's your power. It's not theirs. Whatever power the governor or the secretary of state thinks they're exercising, it isn't theirs. It's the legislature's. You can take it back. Already decided by the Supreme Court. And then based on evidence, not whim, not political bias, not fear of the media, based on evidence, you can make the determination. What is the right count? Well, how can we get as close to the right count as possible? If we can, then have the courage to select that person to get the electors, because that person won the honest vote. And every dishonest vote disenfranchises the decent people who cast an honest vote. Have the courage to do that. In history, I swear to God, you will be heroes. To half the half this. If you can't, you can't make a determination. Then don't certify. That's happened before. If it's if they have screwed this up so badly that you really can't make a determination, then the answer is you do not certify. You you can't honestly put your name on a document that sends them the right result. As decent, honest people, that's what you should do. 
I, I, I know I will probably, this is probably the wrong tactic, but we're down near the end. I don't see how any decent, honest person could let this happen. I do not see how any decent, honest person could let this happen. So with that, I just tell you that the, cur the, 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 the characteristic of human beings that I admire the most, because my heroes are, are uh, Churchill, Reagan, who's the only president I work for, my hero. Mm -hmm. And now our new president, who's been my friend for 30 years, and I always knew he'd be a good president, didn't know he'd be a great president. Mm. And that's the reason they want him out so badly, because he threatens them with destroying the corrupt system they have been enjoying in Washington since Bill Clinton got there. So, our first minister, Phil, are you ready? Oh, yes, why don't we, do you want to explain this to me? Janet will explain this to you. And good morning. Uh, thank you so much to the panel uh, and the Arizona legislature for having us today. This is incredibly important, and uh, I, I can't underscore enough what the mayor has presented today about the opportunity that you all have to make sure that you use the constitutional provisions that our founders so keenly foresaw would be necessary for today. And this document that we want to present to you uh, is called the Constitutional Authority of the State Legislatures to Choose Electors. We will present to you the facts, the evidence, and the witnesses so that you can make that determination but we want you to have the research from someone else who is a constitutional law expert so that you can hear from someone else besides us that is also affirming the argument that we make today. And this document is very short, but it talks about the McPherson versus Blacker case, which uh, for reporters, I would encourage you all to look it up and maybe write some articles about it. It's 146 US 1. And if you look at page 35, this was an, an 1892 case. And it says, uh, nonetheless, the constitutional power to decide on the method for choosing electors remains exclusively with state legislatures. The Supreme Court has described the constitutional authority of the state legislatures to determine the manner of choosing electors as plenary. It has even noted that whatever provisions may be made by statute or by the state constitution to choose electors by the people, there is no doubt of the right of the legislature to resume that power at any time. And after you hear the facts and the evidence today, and we will give you this document to read, to be able to cite and to uh, draw firm grounding on your Article 2, Section 1.2 authority, we are going to ask you as legislators to reclaim that authority and to make sure that the people of Arizona and indeed the people of the United States of America as a whole are not disenfranchised by corruption. Federalist 68, uh, Alexander Hamilton talks about the method of choosing our chief magistrate, our president of the United States. And that this safeguard of vesting that authority exclusively with the state legislatures is the safeguard 
to making sure that corruption does not win. And when the vote of the people and the voice of the people is corrupted through influence, through fraud, then it is the responsibility, the duty, and the obligation, not just the choice, but the actual duty and obligation of the legislature to step in and to make sure that you don't certify false results. You are the last step to make sure that this election is not corrupted. And again, we aren't asking you to step in and overturn an election. We are asking you to step in to make sure that the corruption that occurred here does not stand. And this is exactly why you are on the front lines. So with your permission, Mr. Chairman, I'll approach and get these. Yeah, thank you, Ms. Ellis, please. Thank you. Mr. Giuliani, are you ready for uh, Colonel Waldron? Colonel Waldron is, is our Waldron is our first witness, and um, I'll ask him a few questions, and then he'll and then he will make his own presentation, and then of course you're perfectly free to ask him any questions that you want. Uh, Colonel uh, Waldron, did you um, did you have the opportunity to examine uh, any of the Dominion machines that were used in this election? Uh, yes, sir. Our team uh, looked at some uh, machines and software up in Michigan. So you know that Dominion machines were used in Maricopa County to count the vote. Correct. And they were also used in Michigan. Michigan, Georgia. Pennsylvania. And the machines, that, the machines that you observed, took a look at, were able to examine, were used in the Michigan vote? Correct. Now, tell us a little about Dominion. Dominion is a, is a company that makes uh, voting machines and voting calculation machines. That's correct. They've got uh, full end-to-end uh, election you know, equipment and software. And uh, the actual software in the Dominion machine, is that Dominion software or is it someone else's? Uh, Dominion is more of a hybrid. Uh, they, over the years, they've acquired uh, other voting companies, um, Sequoia and Premier. Uh, Sequoia was spun off of uh, SGO, and uh, Premier was spun off of uh, Diebold as a result of the uh, antitrust lawsuit. Sequoia is the company that was uh, involved in the very serious um, uh, miscalculation of the Chicago vote. In 2007, wasn't it? I believe that's correct, yes, sir. And they were using Smartmatic uh, software, right? Correct. And they're, the software, the, the, the licensing agreements are uh, pretty well. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a good spider chart for all of these companies. They all share a common DNA in the, the software code. And that company, Smartmatic, their, their roots are in Venezuela. Isn't that right? Yes, sir. Uh, Hugo Chavez is one of the, one of the founders. And uh, invested, I think, twenty-eight percent ownership in the the initial setup of uh, of the uh, the SGO election systems. And they have been involved in several South American elections that were fixed, altered. Argentina, Bolivia, Singapore, Venezuela, Italy. Several. And just just to simplify things, and we can make this available to you, and uh, we've. We have several witnesses that go back to that period of time who were involved in the vote fixing, who 
who have looked at the vote pattern in Arizona and elsewhere and said that the pattern matches the way in which Dominion and Smartmatic, companies like that, fix votes. Isn't that right? Yes, sir. And um, what did you, uh, what, what did you, well, let me ask you another question. Uh, one of the former officials of the United States government, a gentleman named Chris Krebs, the former DHS official, shortly after the election, he made an announcement that many of these people refusing to take a look at any evidence are relying on. What did he say? Um, Mr. Krebs uh, was the director of uh, CISA D at DHS, and uh, he basically said that this election was the most secure in history. The most what? Most secure. In the history. most secure in history. And partially that was because the states uh, do a uh, an excellent job of validating voter rolls and that this equipment is not connected to the Internet. That was in his. Uh, this, he said this uh, this is not this equipment which was largely Dominion and several others, is not connected to the Internet. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Now, is Dominion on his council? Uh, Dominion is, uh, was on uh, Mr. Krebs' election security advisory council. <laughs> and, and is there, and we'll get to it with the witnesses, is there substantial evidence, not only here in Arizona, but in other, other states like what we presented in Pennsylvania, that Dominion was in fact connected to the internet. Uh, are, you, are you referring to information other than the user's manual? <laughs> well, let's go back to the user's manual. Tell them about the user's manual. Uh, the the uh, Dominion Suite user's manual is, is about an inch and a half thick. Um, and uh, Mike, Mike went back to the user's manual and looked at uh, all the instances where uh, in the user's manual, uh, it tells operators to connect the Ethernet cords to the router, uh, and, and it is, uh, the systems are connected to the Internet. And then uh, what evidence do you have that there actually was connection to the Internet? Uh, our teams looked at uh, spider graphs of the Dominion network uh, on Election Day and showed the, the increased uh, web traffic, Internet traffic, on Election Day for Dominion servers. So on, on election day, Dominion was communicating by internet. Correct. Contrary to what Mr. Krebs said or thought. <coughs> that, that is correct. And tell us now, what, um, what's the, how, how, how do they, take us through how the vote can be modified. And then take us through <coughs> what you saw in the machine in uh, Michigan where they did actually modify the vote? So uh, um, my background uh, in the military, I uh, started off my career as an air cavalry officer, um, flying helicopters, counter reconnaissance, reconnaissance, um, moved uh, later into information warfare as an as a information operations officer, uh, running uh, uh, psychological operations, computer network operations, <coughs> um, deception, Operation security and electronic warfare, special electronic warfare. And um, our team has been researching this specific issue since August of this year. Um, we are working with another team that's been uh, intently working on this voting machine manipulation for about two years. 
when it became apparent in the uh, Ted Cruz and Beto race in 2018, as well as the, uh, the Kentucky governor's race with, with Matt Bevins. Um, we saw significant anomalies in those races, and that's kind of the experience or our, our background working with this system. Okay, I don't mean to be a bitch, right? But these people that are talking took all my shit and Millie's shit and passed it as, as if it's theirs. But I'm okay as long as <laughs> the mission is good, right? And that's where, you know, I'm getting salty and, uh, you know, going round in circles. Um, just wanted to point it out because uh, we work with them in 2019. And that's what's interesting is that everybody played dumb. Uh, yeah, that's it. You thought it sounded familiar. That's what's up. Remember, they took Millie down to Kentucky and they literally had her in a hot box because um, they were like, yo, Hey, how'd you get your hands on this information? And Millie was like, oh, it's a whistleblower. Who's the whistleblower? And they probably tried to psyop her to give up information. And the funny thing is, is that by the time she got there, they already had all that whistleblower documentation, which means that someone may have intercepted my affidavit and all that information that I had sent to Chuck Grassley, which is very concerning considering Chuck Grassley never acted upon it. So I just wanted to, you know, point that out. Um, and, uh, you know, because this is where you can see, uh, you know, all this fuckery and team camps going. But as long as we're striving for the same goal, that's great. As long as everybody's working together, that's great. And that's exactly what we need as a nation. Um uh, to kind of hunker together and um, work together. I wanted to show you guys something that I think you're going to be like, what? Okay. Let's see. All right. So let's talk Arizona. All right. I don't think you guys have seen this. For sure you haven't. So, okay. Can you see this? thing here. So what's weird is, is that, uh, the, um, seeing you, you can see this, this is where the algorithm was adjusted. So as the algorithm was doing its job, pushing and pulling, just like we saw in the 2019 election, people that don't understand call it a flip. This is a manual allocation of block votes that the computer, the algorithm already realized it needed in order to push and pull and have Biden win. And imagine they gave him 143,100 votes, right? Off the bat within minutes, right, of uh, starting the count because that is what the algorithm predicted based on what they knew they had in regards to ballots. And yet still President Trump came like right there, even though they were fractionally taking away portions of his vote. Now, I explained this in 2019. I also explained it in 2018, 2017, 2015, 14, 13, 12, 11, and 10 in affidavits, some of them that were anonymous-ish reports, uh, claiming um, – the on uh, how these algorithms work and um as you can see look at them chasing each other so i want you to understand how this works 
when you drop off your ballot, you're not just voting for the president, right? You're voting for your senator, your congressman, your stupid judges, they're all corrupt, right? Your counsel, everything. So what happens is as you drop that vote, that ballot, you have like 10 different bubbles filled in and they sit in this pool. And I've explained this. And if you listen to my show of 2019, November 19th, uh, the second hour of it, I've, I kind of uh, put it together in a way that people can understand. Now, when we talk fractionalized voting, it doesn't mean that it's taking just from Trump and giving to Biden or taking from Biden and giving to Trump because it goes both ways. The algorithm self-adjusts. I want you to think of it as goalposts. So the algorithm says I could do all this, you know, shenanigans within between point X and Y, right? And so as it's moving between X and Y, it redistributes all your votes, your judge votes, your, you know, council votes, your mayor votes, your Senate votes. And it takes away from all of them and redistributes them on the other end uh, in order to get the predictive outcome that they wanted. Now, this outcome, from what I see, because they gave him 143,000 votes, I would estimate off the top of my head without really super crunching the numbers, uh, they wanted to give Joe Biden a 53 percent lead, uh, 53% win. Uh, but apparently too many people were voting for Trump, even with that. And, uh, they expected an 80%, uh, turnout for Trump. And it turned out to be more like 90% turnout from their predictions. And that totally messed them up. As you could see, he lost. And for some reason they're saying the president lost. So I thought I would show you that. So you understand what's going on in Arizona right now. Um, now, as we see, they're sitting there testifying in front of the state legislators. And a couple of weeks ago, together, we went through all the documentation of their plan, the plan that the Democrats had, the plan that they had, which was to uh, clearly, clearly, right, clearly um, overthrow our government. This is insurrection act material uh, because they planned and they knew that what we're going to do is we're going to pander to the state legislatures. Now for years now on air to you guys, I've been saying, Hey, how many of you actually know your state legislators? You know, think of them. They're like little men with, you know, uh, penis envy that walk around like they own the place. If a Democrat comes along with a big fat account coming out of St. Kitts or whatever, giving them a couple million dollars. That's more money than they would imagine to see. So what happens? They will sit on the side with the money. That's how it comes. That's how it becomes to, that's how it comes to fruition. So basically the Democrats already spoke to all these people and we are going according to their plan, walking right into that, walking right into, you saw the documentation. They said, we're going to go to the state legislatures. Look at what we're doing. We're having hearings with the state legislatures. And you know, it's all these clowns that have penis envy that are being paid off. They could sit there and you could give them all the evidence in the world. But at the end of the day, they are making money and they don't care. And now because they've taken the money or because they've been compromised, they can't back out. 
They can't. What are they going to say? Oh, yeah, I was in contact and I kind of turned a blind eye when the Democrats were paying for poll watchers and didn't register them. What are they going to do, man? It's always follow the money. So there's a lot of things at play here, but that specifically is the, big, the biggest concern that we have. And the Insurrection Act has to happen. Like that has to happen. There's no question about it that this needs to happen. We need the Insurrection Act to be uh, pulled forward. I mean, the military right now is the only way. And I'll tell you what, I trust the military way more than I trust anyone else. Um, but on the other hand, you know, we all know uh, that even the military gets corrupt, hence why we rotate every four years. So, you know, that is something that we should always, uh, you know, uh, keep at heart in regards to that, right? We need to be careful when we uh, forfeit powers and give them to others that may be. Um, but it is the only way. And there is hard evidence that this is a coup. I mean, they even called it a federal coup. What were they calling it, the Democrats? They were calling it a coup on a coup, right? That's what they were calling it. Now, before I move along so we can uh, get more stuff uh, seen, I just wanted to show you guys. So my Tory Says Show page on YouTube has been disallowed to upload. Uh, basically, I was provided information by email uh, from YouTube, giving me another strike for that, um, for a video that I did, I think it was in September, where I kind of used Paul Harvey's thing. Do you remember where they like banned it for hate speech, but then they did a human review and said it was okay? Um, yeah, that one. So now, yesterday, they hit me with a strike calling it uh, cyberbullying. I can kid you not a cyber bullying. I saved it. And I was like, so let me get this. You did a human review, but now you're telling me that it's cyber bullying. So please share the Tory says news, uh, because that's where I'm able to go live, um, on YouTube. And I can see you guys too. And, oh, I still, oh, wow. This one's also has the dollar sign. That's badass. So that happened. Hmm. Let's see how long that lasts. Last time, it lasted for like two days. I'm sorry. It's just hilarious. Ah, this digital camouflage is driving me insane. So um, I just thought I'd show it to you. Hold on. Uh, let me show you the page. So this is uh, my page uh, on YouTube. Hold on. Um, let me go back. Uh, Tori says news all is one word. Uh, you can find me there, subscribe there and hit the alert button when I come on because I'm not telling people what I'm doing. It'll be the easiest way for you to find me, um, just by tinging all the bells. Um, so, BitChute has been, um, I would not go on BitChute because there are things there that I don't want to align with. I can't get into it right now, but I just wanted to show you guys. You can still find me on YouTube there if you're a YouTube user, um, so that way you have it. So right now, uh, let's just recap for the first um, for the first hour. We have full-blown treason, right? These are treasonous individuals. They don't care. They have no qualms about what they, they're doing. And at this point, you know, one has to think, like, how are they getting away with this? Well, they're not. I'm telling you they're not. And I know a lot of people are thinking, well, no one's gone. Don't worry about it. We got this. Um, there are some really good people working on this. And 
are you underestimating President Trump? Like he's super, super stealthy and very good at what he does. So fear not. We've got this under control. And like many people said, uh, there's a lot of people working on this. And as you see, the group that uh, Millie and I um, work with last year that pretended not to know us because they were trying to pass our work off as theirs. I mean, whatever, you know, they're an organized group. They've done a lot anyway. I shouldn't, I shouldn't dog them, but uh, you know, I'm just salty. Um, <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, yeah, I'm a little bit bitchy today. This is my bitchy. Um, self. I want to play what the president had to say and kind of put it in terms so you understand. I've met some incredible people face to face. I actually met someone that I had heard of but never met, right? Kind of like a mercenary, mercenary in cyber stuff. And it's like, dang super hot. So I'm just telling you, we've got really good people working on this. Really good people. And I think um, you even see people that are outspoken personalities that got shafted by the deep state. Like um, I think Pete Santilli had, um, you know, the overstock guy that got done over with the honeypot. Yeah, him. So there's a lot of people that are just diving into it and um, trying to make sure that things are done right. So um, that's, that's really good. Sydney Powell, damn, she's a fighter. Freaking love her. United States, Donald J. Trump on the telephone. Mr. President, thank you very much for being here. Thank you, Maria. Thank you. It is great to have you. And I want to say that Americans today have a lot of questions this morning, Mr. President. We hope that you can be as precise as possible and we can get through as much as possible this morning. Thank you for talking with us in the first interview since Election Day. Mr. President, you've said many times that this election was rigged, that there was much fraud, and the facts are on your side. Let's start there. Please go through the facts. Characterize what took place. Well, first of all, I have to start by saying the whole world is watching, and nobody can believe what they're saying. And you have leaders of countries that call me and say, that's the most messed up election we've ever seen. Uh, you start with these machines that have been suspect, not allowed to be used in Texas, uh, the Dominion machines, where tremendous uh, reports have been put out. We have affidavits on from many people talking about what went on with machines. They had glitches. You know what a glitch is? That a glitch is supposed to be when a machine breaks down. Well, no, we had glitches where they moved thousands of votes from my account to Biden's account. And these are glitches. So they're not glitches. They're theft. They're fraud, absolute fraud. And there were many of them, but obviously most of them, you know, tremendous amounts got by without us catching. We got lucky to catch them. I think we caught four or five glitches of about 5,000 votes each and different states. And again, they're not glitches. That was fraud. And they got caught. But for the most part, they got away with it. And what happened, if you watched the election, I was called by the biggest people, uh, saying congratulations, political people. Congratulations, sir, you just won the election. It was 10 o'clock and you looked at the numbers and I'm sure you felt that way. This election was over and then they did dumps. They call them dumps, big massive dumps uh, in Michigan and Pennsylvania and uh, uh, all over. If you, if you take a look at uh, 
it, you just take a look at just about every state that we're talking about, every swing state that we're talking about. And they did these massive dumps of votes. And all of a sudden, I went from winning by a lot to losing by a little. And in some cases, it took a period of time to do it. Uh, North Carolina, they couldn't do it. I won North Carolina. They couldn't somehow they had a better system, but they couldn't do anything. I believe they tried. We have affidavits, but uh, they couldn't do anything with the, really a great place, North Carolina. We appreciate the incredible work they put in and we won. But they did uh, tens of thousands of tens of thousands of Biden votes. And all of a sudden, I went from, and, and I could tell you the people that were calling me, congratulating me, people that you know very well, friends of your show, they said it's over. I said, well, I hear bad things about the machines. I hear bad things about corruption. One of your great pollsters who actually got it right, you know the gentleman I'm talking about, he said, well, Trump is going to win Pennsylvania, but you have to allow at least 5% for cheating because they cheat. Right. And that's in Philadelphia and various areas around Philadelphia. They cheat and they cheat like crazy. So we have him winning Pennsylvania, but you have to allow five points for cheating. This is a terrible thing that's happened. The mail-in ballots were, are a disaster. They sent millions and millions and millions of mail-in ballots. I'm sure you know people that got two, three or four, because I do where they said, you know, we got four ballots. They got one at a country home. Dead people were seeing ballots. But even worse, dead people were applying to get a ballot. They were making application to get ballots. Many. And, you know, we're not talking about 10 people. We're talking there are a lot of dead people that so-called voted in this election. But dead people were, in some cases, in many, many cases, thousands of cases, voted. But also dead people made application to vote. They were dead 10 years, 15 years, and they actually made application. This is total fraud. And how the FBI and Department of Justice, I don't know, maybe they're involved, but how people are allowed to get away from this stuff with this stuff is unbelievable. This election was rigged. This election was a total fraud. And it continues to be as they hide. And the problem we have, we go to judges and people don't want to get involved. Uh, the media doesn't even want to cover it. I mean, you're doing something. You're actually very brave because you're doing something. The media doesn't want to talk about it. They know how fraudulent this is. It's no different than Hunter. It's no different than Hunter. They don't want to talk about Hunter. So they totally closed it off. Big tech and the media, other than the New York Post, as you remember, which took a lot of heat. It was terminated. It was terminated from, yep. I guess, Twitter, maybe Facebook. Uh, but uh, it's a it's a situation the likes of which we don't have freedom of the press in this country. We have suppression by the press. They suppress. You know, you can't have a scandal if nobody reports about it. This is the greatest fraud in the history of our country from an electoral standpoint. And I guess you could build it up bigger than an electrical. What's what's bigger from an a, a electoral standpoint? What's bigger than this? This is the essence of our country. This is the whole ball game. And they cheated. Joe Biden did not get 80 million votes. Now, we were, we were planning, we, I got 63 million votes four years ago and won quite handily in the, in the Electoral College. Won quite handily. We did very well. I got 63. We were hoping to get 68 or so, and we felt that was a path to an easy victory. I got 74 million votes. 
the largest in the yes. history of a sitting president. So much more, many millions of more than anyone thought, you know, than we were even trying to get. And everybody said, this is over. I'm telling you, at 10 o'clock, everybody thought it was over. And then the phone, right. then the phony mail-in started coming in, Maria. But just so you understand, I got 74 million votes. It was over. And then mail-in started yep. happening. Glitches started happening. This election was rigged. This election is a total fraud. Mr. President, these are obviously very serious charges, and I want to walk through them and ask you how you will prove this in the courts. Because as you know, what I've been saying on the air is that elections are the reason that our young men and women go on battlefields across the world and in some cases lose their lives because they believe that their vote, my vote, matters just as much as your vote. And if that is not true, this is a very serious turning point for America. So this is no longer about you, President Trump. This is about America. And many people agree with you. According to Reuters, 68% of Republicans and 28% of all Americans, that includes Democrats, believe there was fraud in this election. So let's go through some of the states, the six states that your team is challenging. What specific strategy does your legal team take going forward? Let's start with Pennsylvania. I know you said that you have a pile of affidavits. That's part of the evidence. What other evidence can you talk about that will enable you to prove this in court in the coming weeks, sir? Well, we're trying to put the evidence in and the judges won't allow us to do it. We are trying. Like, we have so much evidence. We, you probably saw it Wednesday of last week. We had a hearing in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. It was an incredible hearing. Unbelievable witnesses, highly respected people that were truly aggrieved. A woman came in and she wanted to vote. And they said, no, I'm sorry, you can't vote. You've already voted. Your ballot's in. She said, no, no, I want to vote on November 3rd. I've been waiting for so long to vote. I'm so proud. I want to vote. They said, your ballot's in. I'm sorry. And that was the story. And she was aggrieved. And you have many people like that, many, many people like that, uh, at a level that nobody would even believe. And that's where it is, Maria. Uh, that's, you know, that's one story. By the way, that's one story out of so many different stories. You know, the poll watchers, as, and this is true with all of the states just about that you're talking about. I think all of them, they weren't allowed to have poll watchers. The Democrats and thugs, thugs, now, I'm not talking about saying, could you please move over? They threw them out of the counting rooms. They weren't allowed to be in. They threw them outside in many cases. You heard the story with the people they went out and sent for binoculars because they wouldn't allow them to watch. And during that period of time, a lot of bad things happened. Then they closed, as you know, they closed up the voting. And then for, unexpectedly, they closed up all of the counting. Unexpectedly, new ballots came in. Then it was all new numbers being added. We have pictures and we have evidence of new ballots being brought into counting rooms. Maria, there's never been anything like this in history. And it all started with the mail-in, but it also goes to Dominion. It goes to a lot of things. But the mail-in, millions and millions of ballots being shipped all over. And ballots, as you know, there were a lot of ballots where it was just Biden on top. They didn't do anything else because they were in a rush. And from what everybody is saying and from what 
I don't think we even have to prove this. They say that I was doing so much better than they thought that they panicked and they started just doing ballot after ballot very quickly and just checking the Biden name on top. They didn't have time. So you have all these ballots with just one name check. People don't vote that way. People don't vote that way. They want to vote against taxes and they want to vote for judges and they want to vote for a lot of other things that you have on a ballot, you know, different different races, uh, including Congress. And they were just checked out top. Tremendous numbers of ballots like that. And that was done for the sake of speed. We have stories that are unbelievable, but we're not allowed to put in our proof. They say you don't have standing. I said, I'd like to file to the lawyers. I would like to file one nice, big, beautiful lawsuit, talking about this and many other things, with tremendous proof. We have, trem- we have affidavits. We have hundreds and hundreds of affidavits, like the people that you saw the other day in Pennsylvania, willing to sign under penalty of perjury, you go to jail. Willing to sign, unlike Comey, who didn't go to jail for lying, by the way, and McCabe, who didn't go to jail for lying which is an amazing thing to me. We might as well bring it up. But under perjury, you go to jail. We have hundreds, getting to be thousands. They're coming in all the time. And these are respected people. These are people that are putting their lives at risk. And they don't want to take the affidavits. Then they say we don't have proof. I wanted to file one suit. Donald J. Trump, president of the United States, against, you know, and and put everything into one simple suit. And they say, sir, you don't have standing. I say, I don't have standing. You mean as president of the United States, I don't have standing. What kind of a court system is this? And the judges stay away mm-hmm. from it. There, There is out there, Maria, because everyone knows you gave numbers. I had a number, 79% it just came out. 79% of the Republicans think the, the election was a fraud. And I hear 35, 40% of the Democrats, but they're not going to put it down anyway, because they're not going to say we think it, but they all, I think most of them think it was a fraud. I watched you with Kelly, look at at the election, look at the election you have coming up right now. You're using the same garbage machinery, Dominion, and she's going around Abrams, she's going around screaming that she's got 800 or 850,000 ballots. What kind of an election is this? She's going around collecting votes. What kind of an election is this? What kind of a country are we living in now where you can vote for months ahead of schedule? And then the other thing we have in Justice Alito, highly respected, a great man. Justice Alito seems to have big problems, but the election ended and they gave people an extension to vote. That's never happened before. In other words, the election ended, but we'll give you more time if you want to vote. And what I understand is they didn't think it was good either. So they backdated all these ballots that came in. They, they had people, and we have affidavits on that too. They had people backdating ballots so that if a, uh, somebody came in the fourth or fifth or sixth, which was illegal because the legislature didn't approve it, which everything has to be approved by the legislature. And they had judges making deals and they had uh, electoral officials making deals like this character in Georgia who's a disaster. And the governor's done nothing. He's done absolutely nothing. I'm ashamed that I endorsed him. But you, I look at what's going on. It's so terrible. But what happened in this election, Maria, I can't imagine has ever happened before. They stuffed the ballot boxes. You know, I've been hearing that expression for many years. You have to stuff the ballot. They stuffed the ballot boxes. And they used COVID as a means to stuff the ballot boxes. Joe Biden did not get 16 million more votes than Barack 
Hussein Obama. He didn't get it. Joe Biden did not get 14 million more votes than Hillary Clinton. And by the way, he didn't beat Obama in the black uh, communities. You go to some of these communities where Obama is very, very popular, and he beats them in some of these communities, but all throughout the rest of the United States, in a black community, he does, he does actually poorly. He doesn't do very well. But he beats Obama in well, swing states. Now think of that. He beat Obama in swing states. You know that didn't happen. They stuffed the ballot box. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows that. This is, this is some of the uh, you know, impossible statistics that we have found. And this is from the Federalist article. Uh, they call it Biden magic. And they list uh, a, a number of, of, of ways that Joe Biden magically outperformed election norms. They include 80 million votes, including a record black and Hispanic turnout for you, President Trump, uh, winning despite losing most bellwether counties. Typically, when you win the bellwether counties like you did, the president wins. Uh, Biden trailed Clinton, except in a select few cities. Biden won despite Democrat losses everywhere else uh, in the House. Kevin McCarthy is still celebrating wins in the House of Representatives. Biden also overcame your commanding primary vote. So there are certainly uh, statistic impossibilities, and the Federalist calls it magic, as you refer to. Mr. President, will you be able to prove that the computers can circumvent the controls that are in place? A lot of people say, oh, no, we have controls in place. There are paper ballots. The computers cannot get through the controls that are in place. Can you do that? And secondly, in terms of Pennsylvania, your team got a blow on Friday, an appeals court rejecting the request to block the certification of Pennsylvania's election results. Your attorneys have said they will appeal to the Supreme Court. Give us your timing on that. Will you get a different outcome in the next couple of days? Will we be hearing a victory in Pennsylvania in the next couple of days? Okay, well, let me just talk about the Federalist Paper just for a second, because you mentioned it. There are five points, and it was written brilliantly, but sarcastically, because they were saying he must be a great campaigner because he lost here, he lost here, he lost here, and he won the election. If a president, this is over a long, many period, hundreds of years, a hundred years or something, they went into all of the elections. If you win one of the five points, I won all five. If you win one of the five points, you become president. You automatically, sitting president gets reelected. I won all five and I still lost. There was only one reason for that. Fraud, stuffing the ballot boxes, all of the things that they did. There's only one reason and everybody knows it. And your numbers are much different. It's, I mean, this country, I cannot believe it. There's more spirit. I see more spirit right now. This country cannot have fake elections like we have fake news, like we have all of the things happening with big tech. It's, I mean, there's a tremendous move on to repeal Section 230. Big tech has no liability. They can do whatever they want. It's ridiculous. But there's a big move to do that. I don't know if the politicians have the guts to do it, but they're hurting themselves very badly. Uh, There are so many different things. Uh, yeah, we'll be appealing different cases. You know, it's not only our case. Uh, Mike Kelly, great congressman, as you know, from Pennsylvania, has a great case. He won. Well, he had a good decision Then he went a step above and they turned him down. I think that was in Pennsylvania. I think he's got a great appeal to the United States Supreme Court. Act 77 
where uh, the the legislature is supposed to approve all this stuff, and they had it approved by local officials or a judge. I think it's a great case, but uh, I'm sure they'll be appealing too. They have a fantastic case. You know, a lot of the cases that have been lost haven't been our cases. They're people that are aggrieved that went out and filed lawsuits because they saw things happening that they've never seen before. A poll watcher, I, I have a lot of respect for Ken Starr, and I watched him on your show, actually. And a poll watcher is like a sacred person in the world of politics. They watch, they watch, they call them partisan poll because they're like a Republican poll watcher, a Democrat poll watcher. They watch the votes being counted. It's so important. It is it is like the most important. Otherwise, you know, people will cheat, unfortunately. So poll watches are very important. Our poll watches didn't just get set back, which they did. They got thrown out of buildings in different states. They were thrown out. Of, and this is a well-coordinated attack because you don't do it with everybody. Maybe it would happen in Philadelphia, but it wouldn't happen in Detroit. Now, Detroit and Philadelphia, Milwaukee, these are among the most dishonest political places in years. Just look at the past history. I'm not being rude to anybody. These are highly corrupt locations politically. But poll watches were walked out by thugs out of the building. And you have it all over the news. We could give you everything you need. All you have to do is local news covers it actually much differently than national news. National news doesn't like covering anything that would be like that. They don't, they, they don't, they do not report the news. That's why I call them fake news, but they've never been fake like they are now. Now they're a disgrace. But the news is the enemy. The, the, our, our newspapers, major newspapers and major networks are truly the enemy of the people in this country. They're very dangerous. And big tech is making <laughs> them even more dangerous. But they got rid of I'm, poll I'm gonna watchers. Get back to, yeah. I'm going to get Go back ahead. to big tech because this is a critical part of this story, Mr. President. But if you take out the contested swing states electoral votes, uh, you're back down to President Trump having 232 electoral votes and Joe Biden having 227. That is if you strip out the six states with the legal challenges. So That's is right. the thinking here that because of the various ballot issues that the Supreme Court will rule that the vote is tainted. And that will mean that they have to take votes away from Biden and not certify. Is that the thinking? And secondly, what's your timing on this, Mr. President? Because okay. we've got some notable election dates here that I want to ask you what you believe you consider to be your drop dead date in terms of proving this case. Uh, is it well, December 18th when the yeah. states finalize elector appointments or when electors cast votes in each state? Is it the vice president receiving electoral votes? Is it the House and Senate counting electoral votes? Or is it Inauguration Day, January 20th? How do you see it? Well, I don't want to give you an actual date. A lot of people say the 18th or they say the 14th or they say January 20th. Uh, I'm not going to say a date, but I will say we have to move very fast. We have been moving fast. And, you know, look, when you say, is it tainted? Everyone knows it's tainted. Everyone knows that the that the poll watchers were thrown out of buildings. Everyone knows that people were not allowed to vote when they walked in so preciously, so beautifully to vote. A elderly woman, we have a deposition, was told, who longed to vote, looked forward to the day of November 3rd, 
was told when she got in there, I'm sorry, you voted. Then they give her another ballot to sign, which they don't use because she already voted. That's how brazen they are. They'll actually vote people knowing that there's a good chance that those people will come in. And there were thousands of those people. And by the way, just to set the record straight, because a couple of these cases were dismissed because they didn't have enough votes, enough bad, tainted uh, votes so that you'd overturn the state. No. In all cases, we have many times, I don't even know where the judges would have gotten that information. We have thousands and thousands and tens of thousands of votes more than we need. In other words, if I lost a state by 9,000 votes, or if I lost Georgia by, let's say, 12,000 votes, we have tens of thousands more votes than that. We don't have it where we found nine dead people, and therefore we want you to turn over the state and give us those electoral votes. In all cases, and yet judges are one judge, we're saying we didn't have the votes to turn it over. Therefore, it's meaningless. In other words, if you don't have the votes, I understand that. If you had far fewer votes than the amount. Now, in one way, you could also say it's so fraudulent when they make up, when they're voting for dead people, and when dead people are signing applications, meaning they're not, meaning somebody else is fraudulently signing, I mean, in the name of a dead person, well, that tells you a lot, but we actually have thousands of votes, in some cases, hundreds of thousands of votes, more than we need in every swing state that we're talking about. Mr. President, have you received from your chief of cyber command uh, any briefing on electronic interference from either internal or external influences. Have you received this briefing? We're dealing with John Ratcliffe, who's fantastic. We're dealing with other people, and uh, we don't always get, you know, they've been there for a long time, Maria. It's a long story. It's a long story. Uh, you know, we're disappointed that other people, more people didn't get involved because this is a fraud. This is a fraud against the American people. It's a fraud against the United States of America. And we're disappointed that some people don't get more involved, like this character on 60 Minutes, they're putting him on. This guy, we had so many things. He's talking about how honest the election is. Well, how come there are thousands of dead people voting? How come there are all these other people voting that shouldn't be voting? How come we find thousands of, of votes? How come poll watchers, every, every vote, that went through an election area, what they call it, a counting area, where our poll watchers were locked out of the building outside, standing outside, or standing so far away that you couldn't see where they literally went out and said for binoculars. You're supposed to be right next to that vote. Well, every one of them is a fraud. So how can he say, I mean, other than he's an anti-Trumper, how can this guy say that there was no fraud? 60 Minutes, by the way, never called us for comment. You know, they do a, a piece on somebody. They don't call us for comment. But when you don't have a poll watcher and thousands of votes are passing that area where you're supposed to have a poll watcher to see that everything's on the up and up. Well, those are votes that count toward us. Those are, And those are thousands of votes. And they were done in many of the states, swing states that we're talking about. What, where is the DOJ and the FBI in all of this, Mr. President? You have Great laid question. out some serious charges here. Shouldn't this be something that the FBI is investigating? Are they? Is action. the DOJ investigating? Missing in action. Can't tell you where they are. Uh, I ask, 
Are they looking at it? Everyone says yes, they're looking at it. Uh, look, where are they with uh, Comey, McCabe, and all these other people? You know, I, I said I, I'll stay out of it. I wish I didn't make that statement. I, there's, there's no reason really why I have to. But where are they with Comey, with McCabe, with Brennan, with all these people? They lied to Congress. They lied. They leaked. They they spied in our campaign. I see Carter Page is bringing a lawsuit. That's good news. Where are they with all of this stuff? And, you know, what happened to Durham? Where's Durham? So, you know, you're asking me a question. Uh, these people have been there a long time. And I know FBI and FBI is great at the levels that we talk about. But uh, I just it's inconceivable. You, you would think if you're in the FBI or Department of Justice, this is this is the biggest thing you could be looking at. Where are they? I've not seen anything. So I'm going to pause it one second because this is a conversation I had with Bergie and we were like, all right, if we don't see any actions being done on specific things that we've raised, then uh, we're just going to pop into the DOJ and tell them that we're making these statements. And if you don't action on them, that's a fucking crime uh, and uh, put their feet to the fire. And um, but I just wanted to say, just wanted to say we cover all bases. All of them. And from watching the news, from being from within, I realized that a lot of people that are tweeting things, putting articles out, are really not in the loop to understand what's happening. Yeah, Bergie did tweet it. He's he's at that point. Um, yeah, we had that conversation early this morning. I absolutely adore my Bergie, even though we clash. Um, but... You know, people are not in the know. They actually don't know what is going on. And the only way that you can get action is by torching the place, setting things on fire and make them say floor is lava to get things done. Um, so I'm just going to say that there's uh, a lot of people and a lot of avenues being targeted. Because when you're targeting such a mass operation, to overthrow the government, to take away power from the people who are the shareholders of this government, to take away, in essence, your freedom, which unfortunately I'm here to tell you has been done so many, many times over. Um, it is important to understand that, um, and that um, a lot of people will be going to jail. It's a national security issue. I said that months ago. Voting isn't like, oh, I'm going to steal a vote. Oh, I'm going to do some fraud and it's no big deal. Dude, that's, that's national security. We've talked about this. A lot of people are going to be going to jail. Lots. I mean, I just they just keep moving along and they go on to the next president. They've been there for a long time. People don't understand this. They've been there for a long time. Some of them have served a lot of different presidents. And... Uh, well... They have their own views. Uh, all I can say is I haven't heard with all of the fraud that's taken place. Nobody's come to me and said, oh, the FBI's nabbed, you know, the people that are doing this scheme. Uh, the FBI is looking at Dominion, which nobody even knows where they're based, which nobody even knows where the votes are counted. You know, the votes in Dominion, they say, are counted in foreign countries. OK, can you believe this? Now, Dominion is also I mean, based in a, in a number of foreign countries. One of them is Canada. And Canada, 
refuses to use Dominion, and they're based there. They don't, they won't get anywhere near. Texas will not get anywhere near Dominion. I spoke with the Attorney General. I spoke with a lot of a lot of different people. Texas, you should see the reports that Texas wrote on Dominion. They wouldn't use them. They wouldn't under any circumstance. They wouldn't use them. All right, let's dispel some rumors and stuff. So everybody keeps talking about Dominion software, but where else did you see that votes were counted overseas? That's right, Hard Inner Civic. Where else? ESS. Where else? Smartmatic. Where else? All of them are being tallied overseas. And don't forget, AP on an election night had the little world AP powered by Seidel. Skittle. S-C-Y-T-L. I'm sure someone's got a screen. I'm, I know I've had one, but I kid you not. I have, uh, I, I want to thank a fairy god father. Do I say that? That I got another screen and I still lose track of things. I'm just going to say, um, <laughs> I have like so many things open at once. It's ridiculous. Um, and I keep forgetting where I save things because I'm trying to, um, put them elsewhere. But remember, we've seen it with every single one. And so this is where it gets back to the basics. So what you're seeing in 2020 isn't something new. Okay. (laughs) Something that's been there, something that's been happening. And, um, I've been telling you guys, I actually walked you through it 100% in 2019. Now, instead of Heart Inner Civic, just swap the name out for Dominion. And then we could talk money on that side. I mean, I talked about how blatant the fraud was in 2019, where the guy that owned the actual services in Kentucky was getting money from a foreign country three times a month. And it's like no one did anything. I filed an affidavit. I sent the evidence and, well, you know, whatever. And that's because a lot of us don't realize just how compromised a lot of people are. So um, let's finish up what our president says because he tells you a lot. So, you know, they, as you as you probably have heard, but can, Canada does paper votes. And the only way this is going to be safe is paper votes. Even the mailmen, look, the mailmen are carrying thousands of ballots back and forth, back and forth. There are many mailmen that are in big trouble right now for selling ballots, getting rid of ballots. This is the craziest thing you've ever seen. But uh, many ballots, many ballots with the name Trump on were thrown out. You've read that. They found ballots in a river with the name Trump on from the military. They were signed and they were floating in a river. They found ballots under rocks that had the name Trump on. They were signed. They were signed with Trump. He won the election easily. There's no way Joe Biden got 80 million votes. I just said there's no way Joe Biden beat Barack Obama in the black communities of various cities. And then he did very badly compared to Obama in other cities throughout the United States. There's no way it happened. This This election was a fraud. It was a rigged election. This is disgusting. And we cannot allow America's election to be corrupted. We cannot. So you believe you can prove that the computers can circumvent any controls that are in place. And before we leave the subject of Durham, I feel like something happened in September. I don't know what happened, but we were all expecting Durham to come out and A.G. Barr to be aggressive. He told me back in June that mail-in ballots open the floodgates of fraud. 
Why wasn't anything done about it? Why weren't there surveillance cameras to shoot what we know now to be trucks backing up ballots, uh, for example, in Michigan? And finally, this question, will you appoint a special counsel to investigate and to continue the investigating into what took place in the 2016 election? You mentioned Jim Comey and Andrew McCabe not facing accountability. Will you appoint a special counsel? By the way, Comey and McCabe, that's the least of it. You talk about the Logan Act. They used the Logan Act on General Flynn, who I was very proud to pardon. Uh, but they wanted to use, and they did use the Logan Act on General Flynn. And you know where that started. Look, this whole thing is a terrible situation. This should have never been allowed to happen. And, uh, you know, it's, it's an embarrassment to our country. All over the world, they're talking about it. And yeah, I would consider a special prosecutor because, you know, this is not a counsel. It sounds so nice. I went through three years of a special counsel prosecutor. I call prosecutor because it's a much more accurate term. They spent $48 million, Weissman and all Trump haters. They spent $48 million. That was the Mueller investigation. They went through taxes. They went through everything. In other words, they gave him an anal probe, just like the same probe I had in North Dakota, where they couldn't find any crime. So what do they do? They just discredit you by creating some stupid narrative and some civil suit, which, by the way, I don't know if I mentioned it because I've been so busy, but I am awaiting my Supreme Court date. And that's going to be the day that I'm going to push forward to remove the judges, the attorney. I was like, I'm going to hold them. I've been patient. I'm just saying. But anyway, in regards to the president, uh, they used $40 million, right? $40 million paying Canadians to paper shred, contractors to paper shred, right? And probe and probe and probe when there's so much that they were hiding in the process. They did everything. And what do they do? They smear the president because that's all they got. When they have nothing, diddly squat, all they do is deploy what? Tactics of smearing, cancel culture, lies. Because you can file whatever you want in civil court. You know that? I can actually go to civil court and proclaim that I'm Mickey Mouse to someone and they have to come back with evidence that I am not. And that's the only way it happens. So how is he supposed to respond? Everything is coming to the surface. Even the Democrats now know this is a fix and they shouldn't be happy. Some of them are so insane that they really don't care that their vote doesn't matter as long as orange man bad isn't in office. That's basically where we're at right now. It's pretty pretty sad. And for all of you that are hearing him speak, saying, oh, he sounds this, he's he's very careful on what he says. Guys, if I could sit here and tell you some stuff, like, oh my gosh. I know that Millie is going to be doing a feed and she's going to be very careful in what she puts out, um, you know, and what she sees and what is going on. Because uh, it's, um, I'm telling you, you haven't seen swamp until you've lived the swamp. Damn, my galoshes don't have holes in them yet. So I'm still impermeable to that stench. Let's see what else our president has to tell us. For 48 million, you look at everything. And they found no collusion, no nothing. They found nothing. After friends of mine said, you must be the cleanest guy in the world. Because nobody could have gone through an examination like that. And then they announced we have no collusion. There's, there was none. And Marco Rubio said, President Trump with the Senate Judiciary here is, 
absolutely was totally uninvolved. It had nothing to do with Russia. Okay, it was a Russia, Russia hoax. It was just pure hoax. It was a pure hoax and a very, you know, very sad thing for the country. And as much as I've done, and I think I've done more than virtually in four years, more than any president in history with Space Force, the tax cuts, biggest regulation cuts in history, biggest tax cuts in history, the vets, the VA, as much as I've done, I could have done more, except that I was under investigation for almost the entire, from the day I came down the escalator with what, you know, what turned out to be our future first lady, who's very popular, by the way. But what, when I came down the escalator from very shortly thereafter, and you know this almost better than anybody else, I was under investigation. Now, at the time, I didn't know it, but I was. All they do is investigate. Then they send everything they have into New York when I beat them in the federal. I beat them in federal. They send everything into New York. Oh, let them take a crack at it. What's going on in this country is not to be believed. I, I could say some very strong words where this country has gone over the last 10 or 15 years, but it's not to be believed. And we were changing it. Uh, if I got in or get in, we will very quickly have deals with Iran. But now they give the ship away. They'll, they'll pay hundreds of billions of dollars to Iran. China didn't want me in because we were beating China so badly. And now they're going to go. China actually, actually stated, you probably heard it two days ago, we want to deal with the United States, but we don't like America first. And now the Democrats are saying, oh, we won't use America first. America first is exactly what it is. America first. We have to take care of ourselves first, and then we can help others. But we have to take care of ourselves first, or we won't have a country. But that's where we are, Maria. It's a very sad thing. Why isn't the FBI all over the place? They're not. They're not. It's an incredible thing. They're not. And Mr. it's an President, embarrassment to our country. Confirm that your cases will reach the Supreme Court in the next two weeks. Confirm that for us. And also, what do you want to say to people like business people, like, for example, Jamie Dimon, the CEO of J.P. Morgan, who said it's time to move on and unify and accept the results? Or Stephen Schwarzman, who's a supporter of you, who said, soon we will have to move on. And what about the ramifications of the Supreme Court agreeing with you? Are you worried that we could see uh, riots? And, you know, when you have people who don't agree with you, they think it's just fine to throw bricks through your window and force small businesses to board up. Are you worried about unrest and rioting should the Supreme Court agree with you. So the people that we have and the people that are so committed to this, like I've never seen, I think almost they have more spirit now than they do even before the election. All of the people, these are not rioting types, but they are stronger. They are smarter. They are more successful. Antifa is bad news. Nobody wants to do anything with Antifa except me. If I wasn't here, Antifa would be running this country right now. They'd be running the country. They always like to blame the radical right. It's not the radical right. It's the radical left. And it's largely Antifa and groups like this. And nobody wants to even talk about them. Nobody wants to talk about what they're doing in Portland and what they're doing in Chicago and what they're doing in New York. And they club people over the heads when nobody's looking. And then nobody talks about it. It's a disgrace. It's absolutely a disgrace. And if I'm not here... 
I'm so your wall. You know, we're completing the wall. Like I said, I would. Everyone said you'd never be able to do it. I got that's another one I got built. And it's had a huge impact. We have the best numbers we've ever had on the southern border. People come in, but they come in legally. But the wall is almost complete. And uh, to be honest, we look and we see all of the different problems. MS-13, we, we take care of it. We bring thousands of MS-13 back to where they came from. We don't want them here. We bring them back. But Antifa is a real problem in this country, and nobody wants to take them on. So let's um let's just uh, interject here with Antifa. Like I told you, Antifa is like the public front of a very dangerous like conglomerate of groups. These groups are within our federal agencies, all the way up to CISA, Department of Labor, Pentagon, you name it, they reside there. And a lot of them have their own militias. And as I've said before, we have them on video discussing deployment of weapons, VBIDs, you know, which is vehicle bombs, basically, um, you know, being armed and dangerous. This is why I am not one to tell you not to exercise your First Amendment right and go and protest. But when I already have seen them planning from early spring, this is before COVID, right? All of them before COVID planning this, it terrifies me because all of us are so angry. And this is, this is the point. You are so enraged that you may indeed end up like Kyle, where you're defending yourself and you find yourself bottled up. And it only takes one because we are patient, but we are only human is what people say. And it'll be a very big issue if we all end up like Kyle. So this is why I keep saying we have to be careful. Antifa is a very big problem. This is why, uh, gosh, I'm going to have to like run late um, on the show. I'm going to have to do a little bit of extra because I wanted to explain to you how we're going to invoke this Insurrection Act because it's like done deal. We have signed affidavits. We have video testimony. We have audio testimony. We have their texts. We have their emails. We have everything we need to be able to to empower us, to be able to empower our president, to be able to pull that trigger. We don't need the votes to be the issue. We don't need the post office men and the corrupt little clowns. What we need is the fact that we had Maria Stefan, who's buddy buddy with Esper, who and all these people, even in Sisa and DHS, calling for a coup. So this is where it gets down to it. So I don't mean to be rude, President Trump, but I'm going to cut you off right now because everyone's already heard this. But I wanted, um, <laughs> no, I'm not going to cut him off. Let's watch the rest of what he had to say before I get into introducing you as to how we're going to pull the trigger on this one. It's disgraceful. It's disgraceful. Which which cases specifically will reach the Supreme Court and when? Well, the problem is it's hard to get into the Supreme Court. I've got the best Supreme Court uh, advocates, uh, lawyers uh, that want to argue the case if it gets there. But they said it's very hard to get a case up there. Can you imagine Donald Trump, president of the United States, files a case, and I probably can't get a case, even with, and we have tremendous proof. We have hundreds and hundreds of affidavits, sworn affidavits, and 
It's very hard to get a case to the Supreme Court. That's what everybody's fighting for. I thought that Mike Kelly, congressman, I thought they had a great case and it got thrown out the other day. Now they'll appeal it. I hope to the Supreme Court. They have a great case because uh, the legislature didn't make the decision on this stuff and they have a great case. But you have to appeal it. The big thing is, can you get it? We could have a great case. We do have a great case. We have the greatest case ever. We have many different forms of fraud. It's not just one form. It's ballot fraud. It's it's uh, we have it all documented and we have tremendous evidence. So we'll say we want to show you the evidence. And then the judge will say they didn't show us the evidence. That's what we want to do. We want to have hearings to show the evidence. The time people started seeing evidence was in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, when people started showing it. You probably saw that great people came forward with affidavits, signed affidavits. We have hundreds of people like that. Hundreds and hundreds. They make it like we don't have so, evidence. We have evidence all over but, the place. And, and by the way, you asked about the machine dominion. Yeah, uh, I hope so, for the good of the country. It, it will take a brave judge or a brave legislature. You know, we're uh, Rudy Giuliani, you know, he takes a lot of heat. Let me tell you, that guy, is he has guts, because we've had lawyers that were afraid to go forward because they were threatened, viciously threatened. They, we have Wait, I can attest to that. I had two law firms that were supposed to be uh, meeting with me and Patrick to represent us, and they backed out because they didn't want to lose clients. Lawyers, Maria, good lawyers that had to leave the case in the middle because they were threatened, absolutely threatened, both psychologically and otherwise. And they left the case. Numerous, numerous firms, good firms doing a good job. And all of a sudden, we end up having to scramble to get a case ready. Uh, what's going on is never, nobody's ever seen anything like this. It will take a brave judge or justice or both, Supreme Court justice. Well, it sounds like if you can't, if, it sounds like if you can't be heard by the Supreme Court, you lose. Do you believe you will win this? Uh, we should be heard by the Supreme Court. Something has to be able to get up there. Otherwise, what is the Supreme Court? If if election fraud at the highest level anyone's ever seen with tremendous evidence in a presidential election, if a man gets 80 million votes and he's not even close to that number, Mary, look, again, I don't want to bore you with this. He did not beat President Obama in areas where they said he beat President Obama. In fact, the black community had very little uh, enthusiasm for Joe Biden. You know that. You've been reporting on that. Very little enthusiasm for Joe Biden. The Hispanic community has very little enthusiasm for Joe Biden. He didn't get those numbers. And by the way, I got the mo I was the most successful with the Hispanic and the black communities. I was unbelievably successful. You saw that record record numbers. Yeah. Oh, so we've talked how about did that Joe Biden lot. get all these votes? How did he get up to 80 million? How did he get up to 80 million yeah. votes? And again, I told you, we wanted to get 67, 68 votes that we felt we had it made. John McLaughlin couldn't believe it. John McLaughlin's a legitimate pollster, not one yes. that you know says I'm 17 points down in Wisconsin and then end up really effectively winning. They tried to take it away. We'll see what happens with Wisconsin, but uh, actually winning. 17 points to, a couple of days before the election. And, uh, you know, I, I really, you know, won the state. There were 17 points off. Think of that. 17 points off. 
This is Mr. this President. is also. By the way, this is also corruption, Maria. This is also corruption because they're not. I want to ask you two two more questions before we wrap up. I want to get your take on how much of an influence on this election was big tech and the media. We know that uh, the media declared Joe Biden president-elect on November seventh. They set the narrative that the election was over and discredited any challenges. Big tech and the media have been censoring you and getting more aggressive at it. The president of the United States and others being censored literally during a constitutional crisis. What can you do about it? It's massively powerful. It's massively corrupt. The media and big tech. Section 230 should be taken out because that's their protection that was given artificially to them. Uh, but it's uh, it's a massive form of corruption and silence and suppression. Like, for instance, this conversation that we're having right now, uh, they will only take if there's something that was slightly off, like you or I mispronounced a word or you or I, that will be the story. Uh, it is, and yet they won't talk about Hunter Biden, never talk about Hunter Biden, stole millions and millions of dollars. And if you do talk about him, they take you off their platforms. Uh, no, it's massively corrupt. I think what happened is in in 2016, where I won, I caught them by surprise. I got them by surprise. And they said, this is, no, we're not going to let them. I don't know why, though, because business has never been better. You know, we got hit by a pandemic. But prior to the pandemic, uh, I had the highest numbers in history. And even now, the stock market just hit an all-time high during a pandemic. And what did I do? I came up with vaccines that people didn't think would have for five years. And we have them that can be distributed in two weeks. I, I mean, think of what we've done. And nobody's done it like this. And we're doing much better than Europe. By the way, you know, you never hear about Europe. We're doing better than the rest of the world. We're doing better. But we have two vaccines. We're coming up with another one. Johnson & Johnson's coming up with one. We'll have four or five great vaccines four or five years ahead of schedule. People hardly talk about that. And they'll try and claim, they'll try and say that Biden came up with the vaccines. But actually, I watched uh, I watched a few of the shows last night. I got to see a couple of them. And Mark Levine was was fantastic last night. Mark was, was great. Talking about the vaccines. Uh, his show was great. I guess they had it on like, last night sometime. And uh, he was great, and so many others are great. Sean Hannity, he knows, he gets it, he gets it. But Mark Mr. Levin, well, Mark President. Levin, Mark Levin said it very well last night. But you have people that get, but people are afraid to speak out. So it is the power of the media. There's no question about it. But with all that power, we won the race. This was corruption because we got far more votes than him. We got 74 million votes. He did not get anywhere near 80. And that's 74 before they throw away, you know, they threw away ballots. They threw away many Trump ballots. That's the easiest way they could cheat. But we got 74 million votes. He didn't get anywhere close to 80 million votes. And you believe you will be able to prove this in the coming weeks? Well, I'm, I'm going to use 125% of my energy to do it. Uh, you need a judge that's willing to hear a case. You need a Supreme Court that's willing to make a real big decision uh, based on everything that 
It's it's not like you're going to change my mind. In other words, my mind will not change in six months. Uh, there was tremendous cheating here. Boxes were brought in. The mail-in vote is is a disaster. And by the way, if Republicans allow it to happen, you'll never have another Republican elected in the history of this country at a Senate level or at a uh, presidential level. You'll never or at a House level. Mail-in voting is a total disaster. One thing that did happen, very interesting, we won all the state houses. We won Congress, everything. And Kevin McCarthy gives me a, a massive amount of credit for what happened. Well, look, we're supposed to lose seats. We didn't lose one seat and we gained many and others were leading and others. And by the way, you know why the votes aren't in yet? There are like five or six others? Because the mail-in voting is all screwed up on congressional races. And we held the Senate. Okay. And yep. I'm the only one. They say it's statistically impossible. I led the charge. We won state houses. We won Congress. We won the Senate. And I lost. They say it's statistically impossible for that to happen. It's, it's all quite extraordinary, Mr. President. We want to thank you so much for joining me today. And thank you for your work on Operation Warp Speed. You told us we would have a vaccine by year end. And now yeah. we've got three. Thank you yeah. so much, President thank Donald you very Trump. Much. And we don't want that. Thank you to the president for talking straight to the people. Now let's go. Let's go to CNN. We're gonna watch some CNN. Hold on. We're gonna watch some fake news because fake news is very, 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 very upset in June. Uh, and Esper showed his true colors uh, when we were talking about Antifa, if you remember. So here's a report by CNN on June 1st, 2020. Act of 1807 says, because this is what the president says he has the right to use to deploy what he calls thousands and thousands of military troops here domestically in the United States. I'll read the act. The Insurrection Act of 1807 is the United States federal law that governs the ability of the President of the United States to deploy military troops within the United States to suppress civil disorder, insurrection, and rebellion. So that's the law the President is citing. That's why you're seeing these military police on the streets right near the White House, right over at Lafayette Park. I, I think it's important when we talk about the President's authority to draw a distinction here. The President basically has carte blanche to bring the military into the District of Columbia. Um, the law, this, the District of Columbia is not a state, uh, and the president can bring in the military if he likes. It's a very different story in, in the 50 states. Um, the act he's talking about, it has the name, uh, the, the very uh, evocative name of the Insurrection Act of 1807, and it says the president can uh, bring in the military. However, it says it must be at the request of a state government. So I don't know exactly what their justification is if they think they can just send the military in to a state because that is not prohibited, is not allowed. Well, yeah, no, it totally is allowed when there's uh, issues in regards to insurrection. This is, this is where we pull the trigger across the nation, not just the contested states. 
because I say it again and again and again, all the damn machines across the nation have the same freaking software and they have been pre-programmed. Every single winning state has also won pre-programmed with the software because you'll be surprised how not so narrow and not so wide the gaps are in some states. And that's because they pre-programmed it to make it believable. It's well established. There's a, a, another similarly old law called the Posse Comitatus Act, which says that the American military cannot be involved in law enforcement. The Insurrection Act is a kind of exception to that, but it is only at the request of a state government. And as far as I'm aware, no states, including, of course, Minnesota, have, have asked for uh, the military no. to come in. So, no, so we'll have to see how that develops. To your point, Jeffrey, and you just explained it so perfectly, <clears throat> it does explain his raising, right? He brought them into Washington. Looks like he may be about to speak here. We will watch that as a moment. But he did say that, uh, that every governor must deploy their full National Guard. And if they don't, he will deploy the U.S. military and quickly solve the problem for them. That's what he said. All the troops you are seeing on the streets of Washington, D.C. tonight are uh, National Guard, also uh federal law enforcement, civilian law enforcement from the National Capital Region. We know that about 200 to 250 active duty military are on standby and could be brought onto the streets at the president's Those are military police, is that correct? That's right. Those are active duty military police. These are units that would deploy to war zones, the units that would deploy uh, to assist Americans in hurricanes, you and I were both at Katrina. We both remember seeing troops there in uh, in support, in trying to help Americans who were in such trouble in New Orleans as that city flooded. That's what the U.S. military does. The U.S. military does not go onto the streets of this country and uh, engage in law enforcement activities unless a president specifically orders it. And in terms of what we saw over the last hour or so, uh, uh, this is a real question about uh, who in the White House, I think, is actually understanding and comprehending and willfully understanding or not the authorities of, as you say, a commander-in-chief. We saw a commander-in-chief tonight who was joined by a defense secretary and a chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff in what many people may decide is a political act rather than a national security act. Uh, bring law and order to the streets, yes. Uh, stop the violence, yes. Well, isn't it time we use their words against them? Let's just listen to what this ma'am said. Ma'am? Ma'am? Is it? Let's see. Tonight, who was joined by a defense secretary and a chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff in what many people may decide is a political act rather than a national security act. Well, they said that he can't pull the trigger in June of 2020 because it might be seen as, what did she say? A political act, not a national security act. Well, then, Mrs. Uh, he, she, Barbara Starr, I guess we can pull that now because we do have issues of national security. They have planned to steal our elections. They had planned mass disruption. They have, up, 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 you said it. It's not political. It's what? National security. And what are votes about? 
national security. And what do we have now? We have their plans that they planned all of this, pre-planned all of this to do what? Ha! Overthrow the government, steal our elections, cause issues with national security. So this is what's up. I just wanted to revisit how they argued that he can't pull the trigger using the Insurrection Act. But, well, because it would be deemed political, not a matter of national security. But right now, what do we see? National security. Ergo, they're screwed. So I found a little video hope that YouTube doesn't ding me for using this, found a great video about uh, explaining what the Insurrection Act is. And I wanted to play it for you because a lot of people talk about it, but they don't understand it in its full entirety, in its entirety. So let's take a listen to what is the Insurrection Act. deploy the United States military and quickly solve the problem for them. The Insurrection Act of 1807, as amended several times, allows the president to send in the military or federalize the National Guard for law enforcement functions when there's a breakdown in civil order, be that insurrection, rebellion, domestic violence. Uh, it's kind of the latest iteration of when the president can indeed send in troops to perform law enforcement uh, actions. The Insurrection Act uh, first was uh, enacted uh, with a series of militia acts going back to George Washington, really, in the Whiskey Rebellion. Uh, and it's been amended several times since, including in that Reconstruction post-Civil War era to allow uh, federal uh, military to go against the KKK uh, and other domestic terrorists, if you will. Um, uh, and, and at this point, uh, it uh, allows, it, assuming there's a declaration by the president uh, for uh, military to go in under certain circumstances. The last time that it was used was nearly 30 years ago during the L.A. riots in 1992 when President George H.W. Bush invoked the Insurrection Act. Uh, the president is acting within the full uh, uh, letter of the law. Uh, well, we'll just have to see what actually happens on the ground and how exactly the military is used and whether it is used. Huh. So not something new, definitely old, definitely in place for situations like this. Situations in which our own states are fighting against our own nation. Our own states are facilitating overthrow of the government and the silencing of the people. Pretty interesting, isn't it? Now, I wanted to tell you, whoa, what? Okay, so I've got a little clip from CNN that I wanted to play where they explain why to, they didn't air Giuliani's, and get this, bananas. Oh, my gosh. I, I didn't even know he said that. Uh, bananas um, um, briefing. Take a listen. It has been a bad week 
for the Trump legal team that actually right now is holding a press conference that is so bananas we can't even bring it to you because it's just so full of BS. So it's been a bad week for them, and the week isn't over yet. President Trump added new lawyers to the mix here in the last few days in a last-ditch attempt to boost his... She looks like she's put on some stress weight. I know the, the, the feeling and the look. Now, turns out they're using our terms. See, this is how they hijack hashtags. We've already talked about hijacking hashtags. But... um. She claims that they didn't do it because it was so filled with whatever. She's all of them are going to be held accountable. All of them are going to be held accountable. Why? Because I've been archiving this crap since 1999. And even though they went back and scrubbed and scrubbed and scrubbed, I still have 99 to 2006. Just a shot across the bow right now to anyone that's listening. Uh, so um, I just wanted to point that out. Uh, you know, they're claiming and making statements as such, but it isn't true. I just want to play those few seconds for you guys to kind of um, see what's going on. Now, there's a clip from Newsmax that I wanted to play where a Dominion executive said Trump is not going to win. I made fucking sure of that. So I wanted to play this clip uh, that was aired on OAN. Sorry, not Newsmax, uh, which is quite interesting and very telling. And um, he said a lot more than you realize. Chanel Rian speaks with founder of FEC United, Joel Altman, who made a bombshell discovery about a key member of Dominion's leadership. Joe, you infiltrated an Antifa conference call this past September and accidentally came upon a top Dominion voting systems executive named Eric Coomer. Describe that call and what it led you to find. It was interesting how the, how the call started. If somebody says, who's Eric? He says, Eric's Dominion guy. Someone actually said, yeah, hey, go ahead. I told him to continue speaking. Um, and someone interrupts and says, uh, what are we going to do if effing Trump wins? And Eric responds, and I'm paraphrasing this, by the way, um, don't worry about the election. Trump is not going to win. I made effing sure of that. And then they start laughing and somebody says, effing right. At that point, I thought to myself, you know, this guy's crazy. These people are crazy because they think that they are, you know, Jedi warriors and they can just will themselves to Trump not winning. Fast forward to. Yes, they can. I'll tell you why. Because if you've got your own federal agencies and all of the media globally working with them, I'm sure you are untouchable. I mean, we've given the impression that we are weak. We haven't locked any of them up yet. So this is how the three card Monty they did gets flipped on them. And what was intended for evil in, uh, in essence brings out the positivity of things. This is where we see it go down. And I'm going to show you some stuff that's pretty damning. Just after the election, Oldman sees an article concerning Georgia's last minute Dominion voting software updates. The article cites Eric speaking on behalf of Dominion. Altman remembers his September call and begins to dig deeper. Um, and But I did do research on Eric, and so I just put it a simple Google search to start, which was Eric Dominion, uh, Denver, Colorado. And Eric Coomer came up immediately under Dominion voting systems. Anytime that there was a, a press release, Eric Coomer was the one giving that press release. Anytime that they were pitching the product to uh, different municipalities, he was the one pitching the product. And I'm talking about Arizona, uh, uh, Wisconsin, um, Georgia, Pennsylvania, you name it. His name pops up everywhere. The real shocker came when Oldman found Coomer's Facebook posts. And when I got access to his Facebook, you get that sinking feeling like, what, 
like what this is this is crazy Here, here's a director of security and of strategy and security at dominion um and when i got into his facebook page uh, that's when things really started to kind of come together for me that you know that eric Kummer was this you know that he, he was not just antifa he was um, he was responsible for putting his finger on the the uh scales of our election Posts including the Antifa Manifesto, vitriolic posts against all Trump voters, song links like Dead Prez and F the Police and F the USA. Altman says Coomer had the title and the power to exercise his vitriol through Dominion. If Coomer is investigated and found to have indeed tampered with a presidential election, such an action could be tried for treason. All right, I'm just continuing that because we already know that. But Coomer's like Eric Ciaramella for elections, okay? I'm just telling you that right now because that's just throwing more people into it, all right? That's as easy, the Eric Ciaramella for Dominion. Now I'm going to show you something because what we need to do is have the president start firing people. And I'll show you why, what, what kind of firing he needs. Let me show you. And I'm just going to show this one so you can see it and delve into it. I know people that are in my chat room have, but do you see the dates here at the bottom? I want to show you the dates. Uh, You see here it says on October 7th, 2020, this company that doesn't have any EAC certification but has a stupid NIST cert. And by the way, uh, the NIST is like so corrupt, nobody cares right? I could probably pay someone $300 to give me, uh, you know, a NIST certification for whatever I want. So what they're saying is, is that the company that was responsible for investigating the software and the hardware was uh, actually certified only by the NIST, right? Which, again, I could slip someone 500 bucks and give it to me. Um, 27 days before the election. Wait, but the IVV was conducted 60 days before the election. So how did they participate in the IVV, which is inspecting things in the state of Pennsylvania, if these guys had no certification on file until 27 days before the election? Makes absolutely no sense. So, oh, gotcha. And one might think that might be a trap. And I think that was their backup plan, that if President Trump realized that these people were conducting elections uh, after 2017, which is the last the last certification I've found on file for these people, that means that any election post 2017 is pretty much null and void. So what does that tell you? That the only actual authority within the United States at the moment, technically, based on the information we have, is President Trump. Because that means that Pelosi didn't get elected correctly because the machines weren't certified. Well, the people that are supposed to certify the machines weren't certified themselves, according to a congressional act that was passed in 2002. Ask me how I know. Participated in that one, too. So I'm just saying... 
What they probably left is a booby trap for the president. In any case, he mitigated their shenanigans. They would have said that it was under his watch that it was not done correctly. Therefore, 2020 elections are also null and void. This is where we don't even have to dabble with all the clowns we're going to round up that are postal workers, poll watchers, election officials, and just average people or prisoners that have dropped a vote and dead people. So we don't even need to go that way. We could just say, hey, wait a minute. Why aren't these people certified? And wait a minute. You mean the IG of the EAC was appointed by Barack Hussein Obama before he left? And the chairwoman was uh, appointed by Barack Hussein Obama before he left? Oh, mm, I could just imagine my president. I would totally love him to start tweeting stuff like, hey, Nancy Pelosi, turns out the 2018 elections were a sham and they weren't done. So you're fired. You're, you have no voice. You have no standing. And with that, I would be, I think a lot of us would be like, whoa, Pelosi, no staff on her breast to say that she's in charge. I'm just saying. So on that note, we're going to watch these young ladies sing us a Christmas tune. Uh, and I will see you guys tomorrow, hopefully, same time, same place, if I can, from wherever I am. Because, again, we're the news now. We can't trust anyone. So always remember, listen to your president. And, I mean, think about it. If the people that certify the machines and the software, the machines aren't certified by a federal authority, then that makes what? If the certifiers aren't certified, then oops, any election post February 2017 is null and void. Hopefully we can use that. A lot of people might say, well, it's like jargon and whatever, and it may or may not. Hey, pull that trigger. Why not? Let's get it done. In the end, though, guys, I'm just going to tell you. God wins because there's way too many good people fighting this battle. And it is beginning to look like Christmas. We've got until December 8th to take care of this.